Now let's get into the Word of God. I want you to turn with me to the three different places this morning. Three different places. Don't normally do that, but we're going to take the time to find these three places of Scripture. First of all, Matthew chapter number 10. I'll let you find that. If you've got three fingers, if you've not been working at a sawmill, you've got at least three fingers. And uh, put one finger in Matthew chapter number 10, and then another finger. I'll wait till I hear pages stop turning. Another finger in Proverbs chapter number 18. You say, preacher, we're taking a little time to do this. Yeah, it'll take us about a minute, but when I hit the ground running, we'll get it, we'll get it done. Proverbs chapter 18. Very important message this morning. Well, I'm going to be plowing right where God wants us to be. Proverbs 18. Matthew 10 was the first one. Proverbs 18, the second. I want you to follow these in Scripture. Now, turn forward just to the next book, Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Ecclesiastes chapter number 2. Just the next book, Pauling Proverbs. I want to bring you a message this morning, just simply entitled, The Search is Over. The Search is Over. What are you searching for this morning? Maybe I can help you understand your heart and your life. Maybe it's even some of your DNA this morning. But I want you to find the end of that search. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're grateful for the day. Thank you so much for your blessings for this time. What a beautiful, beautiful morning we've had to fellowship. What a wonderful spirit is here. Lord, we just praise you for that. And now, Lord, we come humbly to you and say, just get us out of the way and just let us focus, put the world aside and all the things that distract our mind. Lord, help us to just focus on the word of God. And I pray you'd bless us now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Back to Matthew chapter 10, let's begin reading in verse number 37. The search is over. Watch this, we're going to give you three points here quickly. From Matthew 10, 37, he said this. He that loveth father, this is Jesus speaking, Matthew 10, 37. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me, is not worthy of me. We've seen in these two verses of Scripture that you and I should love the Lord supremely. Somebody say amen. Say it louder than that. We should love the Lord supremely. Amen. Yes. We should love the Lord over the people in our life. We should love the Lord over the property and the personal belongings in our life. We should love the Lord over the purposes in our life. You and I should love the Lord. The Bible says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, and thy strength. When the Lord says, If you don't love me more than anything, you're not worthy of me. It's a pretty good statement. What you, well, is Jesus being a narcissist there? Is he being overbearing there? What, is, what should his purpose be in saying, hey, you need to love me first? I want you to understand something this morning. He's worthy of our love. He's worthy of our adoration. He's worthy of our worship this morning. But let me just give you, let's dr drill down just a little deeper than that. I'm going to be real honest with you. If I love the Lord first over my wife, I'll love my wife better. 
If I love the Lord first over my children and even our grandchildren, if I put him first, prioritize my love for him, I love them better. I mean, he's not just saying, you love me supremely for him. He's saying, you love me supremely because it'll prioritize your life. It'll make your life better. It'll put your life in order. I love my wife more when I put Jesus first. I love those around me when I put Jesus first. It is a benefit for all of us to love the Lord supremely. Oh, how we ought to do that. So, I wonder what our church would be this morning if we all came through those doors, all of us were prayed up, all of us were ready to worship, all of us had put him first and prioritized him in our life, and we're here to worship him and to love him. I'm going to promise you, if you'll start practicing right now your love for the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll like this message a lot better. You'll enjoy this worship service a lot better if you'll just let your heart go and love Jesus. Yes, sure will. And so you'll love those around you more. You'll love your family more. Everything would be so much better if we would love the Lord first. Loving the Lord and serving the Lord is the most important thing in life. If you prioritize it, it's the most important. If you don't prioritize it, it's still the most important thing in life. Everything goes so much better when we put him first. The second thing we observe here, and people don't like this, is if we do love him, we'll take up our cross and follow him. Oh, that's not popular, is it? I mean, we become narcissistic ourselves. We want to follow our own desires. We want to do our own thing. A cross, a burden, doing the will of God. No thank you, preacher. I want salvation, but I want to serve God. I want to know I'm going to heaven, but I don't want to follow Jesus. Well, let me tell you something. It all works hand in hand. Amen. Amen. So what is the cross? The cross is the burden that our Lord had to face. The Father ordained the Lord Jesus Christ to bear his cross. Amen. He bore it because it was the Father's will, but he bore it for me and you. And when we, when we get in the will of God, we love God, we get in the will of God, we find that we have a cross to bear. But guess what? When we bear our cross, it's ordained of God, but we're doing it for others. Amen. And that's exactly what our Lord did when he set the example to take up our cross. Listen, sometimes the cross, bearing my cross, takes me up the blood-drenched slopes of Calvary. And sometimes bearing my cross just lets the world, lets me be and, and enjoy a blessing from God. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 12 too, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now set down at the right hand of the Father on high. Thank God that he bore the cross. He didn't enjoy the cross, he endured the cross. Christian, sometimes you're not going to enjoy bearing your cross. You have to endure it, but there's a joy on the other side of that. Amen. Listen, he endured the cross. He didn't delight in the shame. He despised the shame. There was a purpose in that that brought joy. The next time you endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, remember this. 
there's a purpose and there's a plan in God allowing you to go through that. There's a reason, but there's a result. And the reason we never see the result is because we buck at carrying the cross. We rebel at being in the will of God, the ordained will of God, and we never find the result and the reason because we're not surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. So the principle, the first principle we find, and this is just the introduction, the first principle we find is that there is a purpose and there is a plan to life, and that purpose and plan is to love and honor God. It is not to fulfill our own desires. Now, let's look at the next verse. You're still in Matthew. Look at the next verse, verse number 39. Here's a strange saying. He that findeth his life, here's the message, he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. I want you to completely understand this verse by the time our service is over. You say, preacher, how can I lose my life and find it? That doesn't make sense. If I lose my watch and cave, how do I find it? If I lose money, how do I find it? Jesus said, if you'll lose your life for my sake, you can find it. But let's look at the first phrase. He that findeth his life shall lose it. That indicates, watch this, a search. He that findeth his life, there's a search for life. There's a pursuit for happiness. There is a chase, if you would, to find that which pleases us and to find that which meets our desires and feeds our flesh. That indicates a search, a pursuit, an attempt to find. What is this person looking for? Read it again, verse 39. He that findeth his life shall lose it. There's a person searching. Watch this carefully. Here is a person searching for life. Is he not? Don't go to sleep on me. Here's a person searching for life. And he's searching, 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 searching. Let me tell you something. We're all searching. From the day you're born, you begin searching. You search for your mother's nurture as a baby. Amen. When you hit those terrible twos, you start discovering yourself. Our kids wrestled all the time when they got to the age of two. And then you develop, you go on in the teenage years and you begin to search, who am I? What do I like? What's, what pleases me? What kind of a person am I? And then you get into those late uh, high school years and everybody says, what are you going to do? What career are you going to choose? Who are you going to marry? Yada, yada. We still, listen to me carefully, we all search for life. Here is a person who is searching, this first person is searching to find his life. He is a searcher, he is a seeker, he is an explorer, but he searches it all for him. Now let's turn back to Proverbs 18. You got a finger in Proverbs 18. I want you to show, show you this because we're going to understand these verses. Proverbs 18 and verse number 2. Underline this. A fool, that is a person who does not know God. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. There is a person who is on a mission, a pursuit of self-discovery. Is everybody with me? 
right self-discovery out from that. Notice the phrase that the heart may discover itself. That is self-discovery, just like the child begins to seek for nurture, the terrible twos, the maturity. Solomon points out that life, we try to find out what makes us tick. Can I tell you something? Just be real honest with you. I've never found out what makes me tick. I've tried all kinds of self-discovery, and I can't really exactly find it. It's a trivial pursuit. So the truth is that we're all searchers. No matter what stage in life you are, you are seeking something. And the key, Jesus is giving us the key to discovery here. The key is our own happiness. We're seeking our own happiness, our own will, our own desires. And if we do that, Jesus said, if you go on out in the world on this search for self-discovery, you are going to lose yourself. (laughs) The key is knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, The fool hath no delight in understanding. Can I put a word in there? The fool fool hath no delight in understanding God, but that his heart may discover itself. I'm seeking for two things this morning. I'm either seeking God and God's wisdom and God's love and God's knowledge, or I'm seeking George. There's no other search. The end of George's search is going to be the world, the devil, and hell. Amen. The end of the search for God will end in love, joy, happiness, peace, and finding the purpose for life. That is exactly what Jesus is saying. The heart here, the fool only wants to discover his own heart. Oh, I I hear this so much. Well, just follow your heart. Let your heart discover itself. Isn't that what Solomon is saying here in Proverbs chapter 18? That the heart may discover itself. Oh, let me tell you something. The fool only wants to discover himself without the intervention of God. Here's what the fool says. I'm too busy to go to church. You know what that means? I'm too busy in self-discovery for God. Let me say that again. I'm too busy for God. I'm too busy for church. I don't have enough time. What what they're really saying is I'm spending all my time in self-discovery and I don't give a flip about God. I'm so caught up in the search for myself that I don't have time to seek the Lord. My heart needs discovery. My heart needs to experience. I need this exciting thing. I need this euphoria. I don't need God. Well, let me tell you what about the heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things. Amen. And desperately wicked. And who can know it? You'll never know it. Amen. You can search from now till eternity and do your own search and search for all the things in the world and you'll never know your own heart. Just like I said, your heart, let me turn the message around. Your heart doesn't need discovery. Your heart needs Jesus. And when your heart 
finds Jesus, you find the perfect place in life. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 2 now. Last place I'll have you to turn. We're going to read some verses here. I want you to see this. This never-ending search for satisfaction, a never-ending search for peace, a never-ending search for self. You can search the whole world over, see all the sights, experience all the thrills. Let's just see what Solomon did. The wisest man in all the world made a very foolish mistake. Look up here at me. You know Ecclesiastes 2? The wisest man in all the world made a very foolish mistake. Let's read it in, verse, in chapter number 2. Solomon said, I said in mine heart, go to now. I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. Behold, this is also vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad. And of mirth, what doeth it? I sought in mine heart to give myself to wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom. Don't try that at home, because if you acquaint yourself with wine, your heart won't, your, your heart won't be acquainted with wisdom. Amen. Solomon had a special uh, purpose here. Let's read it again. I sought in mine heart, verse 3, to give myself unto wine, yet acquainted uh, mine heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life? I made me great works. The heart's discovering itself. Are you with me? Verse 4. I made me great works. I planted me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards. I planted trees in them all kinds of fruits. I made me pools of water therewith the wood that bringeth forth Trees. I got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house. Also, I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold, peculiar treasures of kings and provinces. I got me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. And so I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. And whatsoever my eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart had rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my portion of all my labor. Watch verse 11. I've done it all, but I looked in verse 11 on all the works that my hands had wrought and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no prophet, watch the phrase, under the sun. Let me just preach right here, if you don't mind. If you're seeking happiness under the sun, you won't find it. If you're seeking joy under the sun, you won't find it. The S-U-N. If you're seeking the purpose for life and the desires of your heart, you will not find it. Your heart will only discover itself. And Solomon said, I did it all. I drunk it all. I tried it all. I had it all. I tried women. I tried wine. I tried song. I tried possessions. I tried gardens. I tried men servants and maid servants and men singers and women singers. I had it all. And it's vanity. It's vanity. 
Friend, the only way you'll ever find peace and joy and satisfaction and purpose is to look above the sun to the S-O-N. And Jesus Christ has the meaning of life. Jesus Christ can fulfill your heart. Whatever your heart needs, I'm going to tell you something, friend. Jesus Christ can fill your heart this morning with what it needs. Are you brokenhearted? He said he came to to heal the brokenhearted. Do you need physical possessions? Hey, let me tell you something. He said, seek you first the kingdom of heaven. Prioritize your love, prioritize your life, and I'll give you the rest of everything you need. Why don't we trust him? Why don't we believe him? Why don't we love him? Why don't we put him first and enjoy life, friend? He that seeks his own life is going to lose it. Oh, Solomon did everything. Look at verse, we're in chapter 2. Look down at verse 17. Watch this. Therefore, here's a person who's depressed. The wisest, look up here at me. Verse 17 is going to tell us the wisest man in all the world is suffering depression. Why? He sought it everywhere, even cattle, amen. Your daddy's an auctioneer, ain't he? Listen. He said, I I had it all. I sought it all. I wanted it all. But it's vanity. It's soap bubbles. Pop, pop, pop. Gone. He said, I hated life. I wonder how many people in this congregation this morning are depressed. You're smiling. You got on your Sunday morning suit. You washed your hair and brushed your teeth. You even cleaned those places that we can't see. (laughs) But you're sad. There's a sadness. I'm going to tell you how to get rid of that. Look above the sun. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. How do I get rid of it? Depression is a lack of hope. And if if this world's all you got for hope, you're hurting, mister. Oh, but if your hope, praise God, is anchored in the anchor of the soul in heaven, praise God, there's a spring in your step. There's a smile on your face. Praise God, you can enjoy knowing God and the purpose of life. Let's go back to verse number 17. Watch this. He hated life. Verse number 17. Therefore, I hated life because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me. For all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Watch this. First L, he hated life. Verse 17. Verse 18. Write this down. He hated labor. Here's your outline, Sunday school teachers. Yea, I hated all my labor, which I had taken under the sun, because I should leave it to the man that shall be after me. He hated, watch this. He hated life. He hated labor. And then he hated to leave it all. Wow. Let me tell you something. I love life. He that would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Love life. Love labor. The Lord, if you love the Lord, you put him first, he'll give you strength for the labor. Let me tell you something about leaving it. I got more over yonder and I got over here. Praise God. And I sure like to collect things over here. I'm not going to stand up here and act so pious. 
I like tractors and equipment and tools and, yeah, I like all that stuff. Let me tell you something. It's trivial compared to what's over yonder. And I'm glad my hope is anchored, my treasure. Jesus said, lay up your treasure in heaven where moth and dust, not, dust doth not corrupt and thieves cannot break through and steal, praise God. And so here we've seen that this person, Solomon, and the person Jesus is talking about, their heart discovered itself, but all of life has been a futile effort. You say, that's depressing. Well, there's the last part of the verse, and I'll close. Watch this. Back in Matthew, you don't have to turn back. No, ten, no sense in that. The last part of the verse in Matthew 10 said this. He that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. So now we understand the verse. He that findeth his life will lose it. But he that loses his life for Jesus' sake will find it. What did Solomon finally say? And you don't have to turn here either. But Solomon, as he concluded the whole book of Ecclesiastes, said this. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. I'm going to tell you something. If you're a God-fearing, that is a God-respecting, a God-revering person who says, Lord, I love you, I put you first, I fear you, I stand in awe of you, I put you first in my life, and I want to keep your commandments. I want to be obedient, Lord. If it's take up my cross, fine. If it's serve, fine. I re Listen, what, we're so afraid of service, but service lets us find ourselves. We're so, we think that surrender, surrender is capitulation. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to surrender. I, listen, I'm going to submit. Well, that's, that's not freedom, preacher. Well, well that's, that's slavery. Jesus said, I'll set you free. He said, if you'll surrender to me, if you'll submit to me, I will set you free. He that loveth his life will find it. You say, preacher, how can I find myself? By giving myself away. Listen to this carefully. Luke 6, he said this. See, there's a lot of things. See, we think on human terms, and God thinks on divine terms. Amen. Human terms says, if I give something away, I don't have it anymore. God says, if you'll give it away, I'll give you more back. And that's why we go about in life trying to grab all we can and get all we can, and we don't have anything. Jesus said this, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. The biblical principle is the opposite of man's reasoning. The biblical principle is the opposite of man's reasoning. The way up is the way down on your knees. The way to heaven is to become as a little child. Jesus said, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven unless you become a little child. The way to surrender, the, the surrender brings freedom. That doesn't sound right. doesn't make sense to concede, to surrender, to bring freedom. 
Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Submission brings liberty. Giving means getting. Submission means liberty. Losing means finding. God has designed everything so we find satisfaction in him alone. If you're dissatisfied in this morning, I want to point you to Jesus. If you're brokenhearted this morning, I want to point you to Jesus. If you have a need in your life, I want to point you to Jesus. If I give you all the things of this world, all the pleasures of this world, all the money that I have, we could take the whole offering this morning and dump it in your pocket and it would do you no good without God. What are you searching for this morning? You shall know the truth. Losing means finding. And when we place ourselves under his lordship, he tells us this. I am the bread of life. He that cometh unto me shall never hunger again, nor shall he ever thirst. You say, preacher, I got saved and I still get hungry. Well, I'm getting hungry now, amen. But I'm not talking about physical. There's a satisfaction in putting him first and knowing him most. He's the bread of life that can fill your hungry soul. He's the water of life that can give you a drink when you're so thirsty. Why would we put Jesus on the bottom of the priority list when everything else does not satisfy? Every head bowed and every eye closed. <laughs> he that cometh unto me shall never hunger and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. What are you searching for this morning? Don't tell me you're not searching for something. If you are alive, your heart is searching for something. You're searching. Some people are searching to hit the lottery. Wealth. Some people are searching for that euphoric feeling when they use substances. Some people are searching for satisfaction in another person. Oh, if I could just find the perfect girl or the perfect boy, the perfect mate. You're searching for wealth, health, happiness, peace, contentment. And those things cannot be found in the world. They can only be found in Jesus Christ. Don't be foolish like Solomon and think you can find it anywhere else other than Christ. I want to ask you a question this morning. What are you searching for? You need to be saved. You need to come to Christ so you can have that salvation, you can have that peace, you can have that joy, you can make that right decision. I want to ask you to step out right now. You know that this preacher has told you the truth from the Word of God. You know from the experience of life that I have spoken the very truth of the Word of God. The doctrinally sound truth from the Word. You need to give your heart and life to Christ. You better do it now. It's the wisest thing you'll ever do. Don't follow your heart. It'll lead you to hell. Don't follow your desires. It'll lead you to hell. Don't follow your trying to gain your own satisfaction. It'll lead you to hell and vanity and depression and you'll hate life. You'll hate labor. You'll hate to leave it. I'm asking you to come right now. Come to Jesus Christ. Then Christian, 
I'm going to ask you to do something right now. I'm going to ask you to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about submitting. I'm talking about surrendering. There's a difference in submission and surrender. If you submit yourself, then it may be forcefully. Forceful submission. That is not Christ. You know what surrender is? Surrenders willingly. Amen. I'm asking you this morning, right where you stand, this very morning, October 1st, with the sun shining, beautiful autumn day, surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You'll find your life if you do that. You'll find yourself. You'll find an abundant life is waiting for you. Amen. John 10, 10 is still in the Bible. I have come to give them life and give it more abundantly. Hey, somebody say amen. Amen. amen.